My name is Maddie. And I'm Hannah. We are murder mystery bookworms and aspiring amateur sleuths. We are reading Partners in Crime and over the last year and a half we have gone on over 30 book-based adventures. We investigate a real-life case using advice from murder mystery authors and with the help of our feline psychics, Hercula Hastings. We review a book, find the sleuthing tips and hopefully solve the case. Welcome to the Unsolved Case of the Missing Salmon, the book club for amateur sleuths. Well, I actually sent quite a shameless marketing email. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So I received an email from the MS Trust and they've got a magazine. What's it called? Open Door. But they're doing a feature about how people with MS have got through lockdown. And they were, so they were saying, send a paragraph and a photo. So I was like, well, let's use this as marketing. Yeah. I sent an email basically being like, (laughs) starting the unsolved case of the missing Sarah podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's got me true. Um, I really hope that it gets in. What do you know when, um, when, when you'd make the cut, (laughs) when it would come out, it would be live. Well, I mean, I do get sent emails about it, so um, we'll see. I feel like not many people are going to say, well, I started this murder mystery podcast. Whereas I think a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, read this book or like learned about this nature walk or like sewed this blanket. People (laughs) sew blankets. I don't know. Yeah, well, fingers (laughs) crossed. Because, um, you know, more women than men are diagnosed with MS. So... And potentially, I don't know, might be more readers. Pot- potentially, indeed. Yeah. yeah. If you're, you know, if you're kind of good point. tired out and things. Um, did you, I, I'm, a sh- I'm disappointed you didn't send it from missingsalmoncase at gmail.com. I know, I should have done. I should have done. But the, then it would be Hercule Poirot. <laughs> from Hercule Poirot. Yeah. <laughs> I forget I feel- that that's how it comes up. I feel at some point in the future, we might have to change that. But let's why? leave it for as long as possible. <laughs> but why? Because <laughs> if we ever need to send an actual serious email from that account. <laughs> an actual serious email? To who? I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Uh... We'll keep, well, I'll bear it in mind. Do you want to talk about the book? Let's talk about the book. Yeah, let's talk so I'll do the intro, shall I? Because it's your book. That's yeah. the format, isn't it? That's, that's yeah. what we do. Have we forgotten how to record a podcast? No, we're fine. <laughs> ah, we're all good. Okay, so this week we're talking about Death Goes on Skis. Now, firstly, an apology to all listeners because I put in both the outro and the description online that it's called Death on Skis, not Death Goes on Skis. <laughs> I did correct. I you correct. did correct. Oh, well done. You saw it and thought, what a fool. No, I didn't think what a fool. I actually had to check what the title was myself. See, that's the thing. It's normally when I'm doing the recording, I do go- I do a quick Google just to check. But I felt so, oh, well, I felt overly confident, wrongly. And mm. um, yeah, well, I made a boo-boo. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> No, but I think it will be fine because I think if you put Death Skis Nancy Spain into Hive, it would still come up. So it wouldn't be like, oh, yeah. did you mean Death Goes on Skis? Or did you mean Death in Skis? Yeah. <laughs> so we were reading Death Goes on Skis by Nancy Spain. Very fetching cover, I think. And also, obviously, references lovely Sandy Toxvig, who 
I love. This was your selection. Would you like to give us a bit of background? Yeah, I would on why I chose the book. So why I chose the book is I was having a look for a choice and I don't even know how I came across it, but somehow I did. And I also am a big fan of Sandy Toxvig, especially because Dave our special guest Dave who was in episode 12 talking to us about just William mystery story he's actually met Sandy Toxvig because he went on 15 to 1 yeah that's so very cool he can confirm that she's she is lovely so that's everything we hope she is everything. Oh, I, I think I think his own Dave's only slight regret was that you don't get very much time with Sandy on 15 to 1 because they're doing so many episodes back to back. So anyway, I was drawn in because I saw this description from Sandy Toxvig about Nancy Spain, today's author. Her detective novels are hilarious, less about detecting than delighting, with absurd farce and a wonderful turn of phrase. Nancy Spain was bold, she was brave, she was funny, she was feisty. Now, when I heard that, I thought, I very much like the sound of that. Then the other thing is, I went on to have a look and I was thrilled to see that... It involves amateur sleuths and two women amateur sleuths, Miriam and Natasha. So I thought, marvellous, especially because we had been talking a bit about whether there are any detective novels from the past that have female detectives. We think last week, right? Yeah, just last episode, I believe. Now, this Death on Goes on Skis is... When was it published? 1949. 1949. So not... I suppose not technically golden age, but if we think in 49, obviously Agatha Christie was still publishing as... To be honest, as were many of the golden age authors. So I suppose it just sort of sneak in. That's why I chose it. Oh, and also because when I put Nancy Spain and read her Wikipedia article, I I actually gasped. It was such a such an entry about Nancy Spain and Wikipedia. You did tell me beforehand, like, don't read it because you wanted to honor reactions. Is this the time? Are we doing it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like some of it you might know if you oh. read. Did you read Sandy's intro? I did. I did read Sandy's you intro. You did read Sandy's intro. So, but the thing that was amazing is her great aunt was Isabella Beaton, who wrote Mrs. Beaton's book of household management. And Nancy Spain actually wrote a biography about her. But then she she just did these incredible things in, in her life. So Sandy Toxfield talks about how she was really one of the first people to have like a multimedia career in that she was on the radio she was on tv she was also writing as well as a journalist 
she had this incredible social life. So she was friends with Noel Coward. Yeah. And it was suggested that she had a love affair with Marlene Dutrec. I don't know who that is, but... Oh, she's she's an actress. You would definitely recognise her. And she just sounded like she had a, a wonderful... A wonderful lot. She was sadly killed at quite a young age because her plane crashed when she was near Aintree Racecourse. But the fact that Noel Coward said in his diary on her death, it is cruel that all that gaiety, intelligence and vitality should be snuffed out when so many bores and horrors are left living. That's amazing. Okay, I didn't, I mean, I read the intro, but I'm not sure if I quite, quite took that in. Yeah, and I just think, you know, she was a, she was a pioneer. A colourful life. Yeah, and she, she was a lesbian, but she, I, th- I get, get the sense that she didn't necessarily perhaps explicitly identify mm. herself as, as a lesbian, which was maybe um, reflective of the time, but she did have many lovers who were who were women yeah I got sort of got the impression that she was kind of quite happy not labeling it perhaps and it was just the the way she chose to live her life was the way she chose to live her life just sounded like she had she had sort of a life that was fun and full of joy yeah and what she wanted as well you know doing stuff that was just for her or you know the right yeah. thing for her which I think is amazing so yeah. um so that's about why why you chose it could you give us a little summary a lot. of chance oh well, no or not I could read, yes. you could read the blurb if you want no I will I will give you I will give you a summary <laughs> right okay so death goes on skis so Miriam Birdseye is our daring and brilliant heroine. She's a famous review artist, so she's a performer. Uh, she takes to the slopes with her admirers. She, her fellow ski resort guests, there's a collection of different people. So there's a Russian ex-ballerina, Natasha. There's uh, Natasha's husband, who's kind of like a burly nightclub owner called Johnny Javivian. There's the wealthy Flaherty's. That consists of a handsome playboy, Barney, his wife, Reagan, their children and a governess. Then they all sort of have connections to, to one another and are hiding various secrets. So amongst the sort of the snowy peaks, tensions rise and the amateur sleuths, who are Miriam and Natasha, have not one, but two murders to solve. Oh, do you think that's all right? As a, as a bit of a yeah. wafting <laughs> summary. Oh, that's great. Okay, yeah. Um, and, oh, sorry, go on. No, go on, please, go on. No, it's okay. No, you. No, no, I, I had nothing to say. No, I insist. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to ask you what you thought. I think a lot of early promise at the beginning all of these people gather at the train station and it begins on the train and I know you like this but I love a train setting more than, even more than me you think no I 
think we probably equally equally enjoy it but I just think it's a helpful way to be introduced to the characters I suppose before in this case before the action started obviously we have to recognize that the fact that the place they go skiing is called schizophrenia is very inappropriate and uh, Sandy Toxford does recognize that there are elements of Nancy Spain's writing that are are offensive today so that as as a pun not into not into inappropriate but I did I did like the characters I thought there were some excellent characters in it in particular, uh, Toddy Flaherty, who I think perhaps was maybe inspired by Nancy herself. Mm. But I liked that Toddy was a gambler. Yeah, they have <laughs> a lot of poker, don't they? I love yeah. the poker scene. Yeah. yeah. I liked how kind of Toddy was a gambler and a drinker, but she didn't care <laughs> what other people thought about it. She was like, yeah, I'm going to gamble all my money. I'm going to go to the bar and get drunk and this is you know this is what I'm doing with my life and I don't care really what other people think of me I quite like that I did enjoy that the Flaherty's fortune is from perfume and the perfumes that they produce are called nine times too far woo and my favorite pong pong yeah pong would you wear that do you think pong Pong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. Hot maybe. new scent on the high street. Pong. Oh, and actually, in fact, in the book, Pamela does actually say a train starting is the most exciting thing in the world. I think, I mean... It's not the most exciting. It's, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty exciting though, <laughs> isn't it? It's pretty exciting. It did make me think, oh, Pamela, maybe, yeah. maybe some more variety for yeah. you yes I thought it was a strong start mm. and then it it that's where this is going <laughs> it, it just it just slowed down a lot the pace really slowed before we had the the first the first murder they were very down on redheads so Reagan Flaherty who is actually the first murder victim they yeah they talk about how they hate red hair saying oh yeah no one wants a woman with red hair he said look at queen elizabeth yeah no one wants her yeah it was a lot of like don't trust them yeah i think would go down well with you yeah so i thought it kind of really slowed down but then it did pick up again but it almost went to the other extreme there was just so there was so much action going on and I have to say I think it's probably one of the most shocking and surprising ends in any of the books that we have read in that I actually had to go back and reread to check that what I thought had happened had happened I mean bloodbath really should we talk should we talk through it talk through the ending yeah <laughs> yeah can I talk through the ending yeah so basically at the end a slightly weird thing that happens here is 
this uh, this actually did remind me of the Gladys Mitchell that we read. So Speedy Death. No one really seems bothered about Not the murder all. or any of the murders that follow. And they quite sort of happily just carry on with their dinner. Yeah. Um, and a similar thing happened in Death Goes on Skis in that <laughs> no one was really bothered when Reagan Flaherty was pushed out of the window no one really bothered they just carry on skiing and dancing and <laughs> merry old time oh, quite flirtatious drunken time yeah, yeah yeah there are two murderers revealed the first murderer gets sent to a convent <laughs> by way of punishment to avoid the authorities that's it quite quite strange um but the second murderer is revealed to be rosalie the governess she it's almost like no one can be bothered to tell the local authorities that she's the murderer and they're all going home anyway so it's fine and then months later she sends a letter to barney Barney Flaherty, who's the playboy who she thought loved her and that's why she killed for him, really. She sends him a letter. Barney goes round there and Rosalie confronts him and, to paraphrase, is like, you're, you know, you're a complete horrible person. You, you know, you just use women and you don't care. I mean, she's not wrong, but she's not, she's wrong not at gone all. about it the right way. And she's She's got an axe in her hand because she's been chopping some wood. And then she just attacks him. She just kills him with an axe and then leaves. <laughs> and then phones the police. So that's the end of the that's novel. It. Yeah. No conclusion. Do we know? <laughs> I mean, there's no like uh, closure there, is there? <laughs> I don't really know what the message is. It's like, don't, don't be a playboy. Because be even, a playboy. If, even if you think you've got away with it, you haven't. <laughs> Maybe it's justice will always come. But it wasn't, it didn't really no, feel like justice. It didn't feel like justice at all. And actually, he was the last in her line. She was just sort of, she was furious with, it, with basically everyone that was remotely involved with it. It was really strange. It was very strange. I will say, as an ending, I actually think it was a cracking ending. Excellent. Because... I didn't see it coming at all, and I quite liked, I don't know, I kind of liked the bravado of Nancy Spain to go, do you know what, at the end, this woman is just going to kill this man with an axe, and then I'll just put the end. It, it was, it, <laughs> it was though, I feel, missing the key murder mystery element of a denouement. I mean, yeah, the actresses do, I'd say, little to nothing. <laughs> no, really, it, they really don't do a lot. <laughs> Natasha does more than Miriam. And actually, that's, that did annoy me, is that Miriam was really bigged up as this character. And and even even to the point where it says in the uh, at the beginning, and this is another indication of early promise, visual aid at the beginning, full list of characters. I was happy about yeah. that. Read through them, got to know them all before it even started. Next to M- Miriam Birdseye, it says a genius. So yeah. She was massively hyped. She didn't turn up until halfway through and she did naff all. So that, I really, that really wound me up. 
And actually, I had almost no sympathy for Kathleen, who's the one who got sent to the to the convent. Is it Kathleen? Is that her name? Yeah, Kathleen, yeah. I just thought, actually, I don't really like you that much anyway. So I was kind of not that bothered. <laughs> and I think because I expected it to be really cosy because of mm. the vibe at the beginning, it mm. threw me off that it, it wasn't cosy at all. Oh, um, no, it was not a cosy read. Not at all. I did have a couple of great lines, including one that I've just found, which is... <laughs> Morris saying, I do think teeny weeny ski sticks and teeny weeny skis are the absolute bottom. <laughs> Which I might use. Uh, yeah. I, I did have one of my a phrase that I really love. Whenever I see it in a book, I laugh a lot. Go on. And I'm sad that as a phrase, it's fallen out of common usage in the modern world. The phrase is... <laughs> Gives me the willies. <laughs> I love it, so funny. <laughs> like scares me. Yeah, but I use willies. the phrase give me the willies for the you know the it's feeling. No, sorry, just to correct you there, it's not it's not give me the willies. <laughs> <laughs> it's gives, it's, which I think is very I'm different. <laughs> down a hill or when you're oh, really on a you know if you're on like a, a roller coaster and you go down that's what that's when I would say oh it gives me the willies <laughs> Ben interesting interesting that's the context I would use it well you'd be pleased to hear that gives gives <laughs> me the willies is the phrase that the Berry family use heavily yeah always I strongly have. approve yeah when I was when I was a child I used to watch Jonathan Creek Oh, that's yes. TV show, and yeah. that was that was known as oh, that gives Maz the willies. <laughs> oh, Jenny. yeah, I agree. Some of Jonathan Creek is terrifying. That I'm one sorry, with the Satan's chimney, terrifying. Is it that the brick up the bricked up one with the man no. behind the wall? And <gasps> that's then he, like, also it. terrifying. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> didn't expect that. Scary, no, yeah. that's one of the first episodes. In fact, maybe the first episode where the man is blo- blocked, bricks himself inside his own yeah. victim's house yeah so i think one. it's fine that's that scary. we ruin that because jonathan creek's been out for ages so. yeah and You've then the same chimney is the one where the the floor comes <gasps> down in the oh in the, yeah if i'm explaining that well for listeners but essentially a concrete floor squashes someone underneath it's actually yeah, like terrifying a, yeah like a garlic press <laughs> but but for well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah we want a yeah. sort of a a bit more of a I like that we've given two really kind of middle class examples <laughs> there a garlic press and a cafeteria the garlic press is, is middle class that's two pounds no it the idea of a garlic press definitely middle class more middle class I would say is the freshly prepared lazy garlic you can buy from the shops oh yeah yeah anyway we've really, we've really we've digressed really quite a lot today yeah, it's, it's um, quality balance though for the podcast. Yeah, so, sorry, okay. sorry. So you were saying phrases, some good phrases. You said yeah. that it, much like a ski slope, it started quite high. Yeah, and then went pretty downhill. At yeah, point, I unfortunately. mean, it. Yeah, it didn't make it continued to make me nervous about skiing. 
which I've never done. Um, so yeah, there was there was that. What else was I thinking about? I couldn't take Barney seriously because it just makes me think about Barney the dinosaur. So I can't take him seriously as a as a Lothario. I mean, how good looking must Barney have been? Because his character, he he's had nothing going one. on. He's <laughs> purple he's, for one. <laughs> he's a massive dinosaur. <laughs> that would have been a really think great twist that. if actually <laughs> the whole time he was meant to be Barney the dinosaur. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the thing you were saying about, like, all of the characters being awful and not liking any of them, but then in some ways I quite liked that I didn't like any of them. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't bother me too much. I mean, I still... I, I mean, I also would say, in terms of, like, general summary, slightly disbelieving about it. It's quite amused yeah. by the fact that it sort of doesn't make a huge amount of sense. But it's, yeah. it's sort of, like, enjoyably written. I guess quite not not dissimilar to Sandy's summary of like, you know. Yeah, fast. It's sort of it's like light, light paced, not really lighthearted because it's quite dark, but fast paced, witty, that kind of thing. Yeah, I sort of feel a little like I felt not to the same extent, but you know when in se- so season one, episode four, I chose oh, no. a, sep- a separation purely on the basis of a review, a quotation that I saw. And if you listen to that, we can listen to that episode and find out how how that went. Um, But but I feel similar-ish with this in that I was very much led, I think, by Sandy's opinion of it. Especially because Sandy's trusted. I trust her. Sandy is a trusted source. And I don't think it quite, it didn't quite live up to her description. But there's something interesting here because actually, if you read the entire introduction, which I did, that little quotation about, oh, it's delightful, it's been fast, she does... In the wider introduction, she puts that more into context and she she talks more in the introduction about like problematic elements mm. of Nancy Spain's work and talks quite a lot more about Nancy Spain as a person, perhaps rather than as a writer of mysteries. Yes, you're right. She does do that. And actually some of the some of that quote I think is true, like the absurd farce. <laughs> It was indeed. And a good turn of phrase as well. I agree with that. And it was more about detecting, less about detecting than delighting. So she's not wrong, really, in her quote. Yeah. I suppose my hope had been that maybe Nancy Spain was going to be a new discovery, Mm. like like Christiana Brand. Would you read any of the others? Uh... Maybe. I think I'm a bit of a maybe at the yeah. moment. I think there's so many, so many like great discoveries we've had that uh. I'm not in a rush. Right. Okay. Scoring for Death Goes on Ski. One, two, three. It's two sixes. So a total six of six. Twelve. Twelve. 12. 
Oh, it's really unfortunate we didn't do an, an 11 because I know the bingo call for 11. Legs 11. Legs 11. <laughs> whoop, whoop. You have to go like that. Did I show you? all of them. No, 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 no. Just 11. The legs, legs 11 and go whoop, whoop, like that. How do you know this? Ooh, how do I know this? Because I used to go to the bingo with my nan. Um, I must have told you, I want a duck hair. Well, no, actually, to be to be um, truthful, my nan won a duck hair dryer. What so... do you mean? What, like a hair dryer for ducks? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it was a duck-shaped hair dryer. Oh. So it's like a duck. So the beak was where the air came out. <gasps> that is yeah. quite cool, actually. Maybe we should go to the bingo. I would love that. Let's, let's go. We could do curry in a bingo. Yeah, I'll do curry in a bingo. Great. Okay, anyway, we need to do a sentence. How about started with sexy mountains, but down down slope from there? You tell that we don't know anything about the skiing. Yeah, down slope. Is that what they say? Well, I have no idea. I mean, no one's gonna. No one's gonna but tobogganed down from there. <laughs> Yeah, let's put that in because there there was actually a toboggan, wasn't there? Yeah. Okay, so just very briefly, what can we what learn? What can we learn? I mean, I don't know, really. I don't we feel... learn more about life from the characters that weren't really involved in the murder, like Toddy's, Toddy's devil-may-care attitude to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe... Yeah, you can have a devil-may-care attitude to life, but that's not going to help you solve a crime. Not going to help you solve a crime. Although she obviously is gambling, which has an an obvious link to our case. Yeah. She says, I never win, but she carries on doing it anyway, which might say something to the psychology of our better. Indeed. Never wins, keeps trying. (laughs) Didn't win this one time hid the betting slip in Joe's room. Yeah. What's that mean? I didn't actually realise it was so long ago. What, 2019? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Obviously it had to be. Be even weirder if it had appeared during lockdown. That would have been extra weird. Oh, extra weird. And a bit more sinister. Locked room. Lockdown locked room. So for this week's case notes, <laughs> I've drawn on previous lessons, previous learnings, but also something that you know I'm partial to. And I've created a visual aid <laughs> for the case. Yes. Okay, so we will put this on Instagram. This on Instagram. I would see. say it's probably not as good as some visual aids because it's made on Microsoft Paint. <laughs> no, that sounds brilliant. Shall I send you a picture of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is live. This is live, people. Wow. <laughs> wow! Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this is a floor plan of the room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners, you, if you're listening to this episode, you have to go on Instagram so you can see this visual aid. Because... It's pretty basic, <laughs> isn't it? It, it? it speaks to my GCSE, or not even GCSE, 
school school level ICT abilities. Hey, so the thing that is really making me laugh is the arrow. <laughs> It's not, it's actually not the arrow. It's what I believe is the bed and the fact that you've, the outline of the bed is in purple, Mm. but you've done the pillows in red. Yeah, just the kids to make sure it's, you know, clear. (laughs) So on this, this is, this is a, this is official um, layout of Joe's bedroom. So it's colour coded and everything. Yellow door. That's where the criminal let's say would have entered <laughs> blue cabinet that's where and obviously there's the big arrow next to the cabinet to show that's where it would be now i don't think that's necessarily oh. getting, <laughs> getting us that much further with the case but it's good to know isn't it <laughs> where it would be do you think that can we can get any anything from that you're just laughing you're not giving me anything <laughs> talk to me <laughs> Why is this making me laugh so much? It's this, just this <laughs> hilarious combination of, of like slightly professional <laughs> and then not at all. So <laughs> I, I noticed that you've marked the door yeah. with a curve, which is actually the way that they That's mark the way that architects do it. Thank you. <laughs> architects yeah. And that there is some attention to detail here, but then the whole thing is just just <laughs> to tell us where it was found. <laughs> also, I thought you just did like a school report. Some attention to detail has been paid. So uh, yeah, that's I, I where we are. I love it. it. I love yeah. it. Do you think <laughs> I can glean anything from this? Other than actually, the one thing I think we could tell is that whoever put the betting slip in there would have been able to sort of dart in quickly and then out okay yeah so actually being serious now the (laughs) the thing that strikes me is they okay so yeah it's near the door the cabinet so they could have done it quickly but the other thing is they would have had to have gone into the room yeah couldn't throw it to do it i don't i don't think they've hidden in the cupboard briefly Perhaps. Well, if we walk in, they walk in. If we're doing by scale, then I think not because the cupboard looks tiny compared to the giant bed. <laughs> I don't know if the scale is the thing to go on there. Uh, they they are walk in cupboards. Well, that is new information. You hadn't told to us that before. How so. would I show that on here? Someone walking in, a picture of someone walking in. Why, why, why? No, I'm, I'm being, I'm being like, we didn't know that. Thank you for telling us. I just want it officially recognised. I love this visual aid. <laughs> okay, great. I'm really pleased. It's, it's got a homespun charm. It could have been done at school, couldn't it? Yes. Well, by an older child, because they'd have to know that you mark a door with a curve. True true i used to use paint quite heavily as a child to design my computer background and my favorite um, style was all one color quite often lime green and then written words in the aerosol in purple 
Do you know what? I was just going to say my favourite tool on paint is the aerosol because I always felt quite like naughty with the aerosol. I have my favourite word age sort of, let's say the era of 19... 96 until 1998 was swizz what a swizz i used to have that as my background just swizz in aerosol on a lime green background created on paint so it felt quite nostalgic for me oh brilliant brilliant so yeah Uh, it's closed it's closed (laughs) and what a treat listeners definitely definitely make sure you can see this visual aid because it it will make you chuckle Brilliant. Let's go get some go get some munching. Go get some grubs. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Unsolved Case of the Missing Salmon. We talked about Death Goes on Skis by Nancy Spain, and Maddie introduced another visual aid to her case. Next week, we'll be taking a short mid-season break to enjoy the benefits of pub gardens. We will be back, however, on 3rd of May, Bank Holiday Monday. In the meantime, Amis can catch up on listening to past episodes from seasons 1 and 2. We're now in the process of sharing our schemes for season 2 with you all, but we're still busy plotting more to make it even better than before. In the meantime, how about sharing the unsolved case of the missing salmon with a friend or Ami to use Poirot parlance? It's easy to do. On Spotify, click the box with the upwards arrow, and on Apple, the three dots to the right of the episode. You'll then get a link that you can share with a friend who loves murder mystery, cats, and or amateur sleuthing. If you send us a photo of your share, then we'll enter you into a prize draw to win Poirot-themed tea. Follow us on Instagram at Missing Salmon Case to be the first to know about new episodes, see photos related to the case, what's on our bookshelf, and importantly, photos of our feline sidekicks, Hercule and Hastings. It's also where you can chat to us about all things mystery. Next episode, we will be discussing Green for Danger by Christiana Brand. Unfortunately, this isn't available on Hive, but copies can be sourced from eBay. I have it on good authority from our resident expert. Or on Kindle at Amazon Smile, where a portion of your purchase will go to a charity of your choosing. Until then, mes amis, keep sleuthing. This podcast is created, produced and edited by Maddie Berry and Hannah Knight. Our music is sourced from Melody Loops and composed by Jeff Harvey.